1: Uh, one of those guests coming up now, Ned Oliver, a reporter with Axios Richmond. I know he's not in town. And on top of that, there's a time difference. So, uh, Ned, you get bonus points for that. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having me, Jason. And, and yeah, I'm actually still on, on Richmond time because I have a one-year-old who um, is oh. getting up. But, you know, at, at four 430 Denver time, so this is really no
1: trouble. <laughs> well, really, whatever the one-year-old's time is, is your time, right? It is. Yeah, we've been, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, um, thanks for being here. You and I have known each other a long time, and we worked together at Style Weekly when you first came to Richmond, and you've been at the Times Dispatch, the Virginia Mercury, and you decided uh, to go to this new. Uh, well, it's a. I guess we can call it a startup locally, but it's really a national news outlet. Tell us about um, Axios Richmond, because a lot of people may not be familiar with that.
2: Yeah, so Axios is a national news outlet that was launched by the the founders of Politico with a mission of kind of just delivering, you know, important news in a quick, easy-to-digest way. And they've really been pushing into local markets, and that now includes Richmond. So I was excited to, you know, have an opportunity to to join their team. It's a daily newsletter. Uh, It arrives in your inbox at 6.30 a.m., and it just uh, pretty much every day you can read it in about three minutes. Yeah. And uh, feel up to speed. That's our goal anyway.
1: Yeah. And uh, so the the model and they're doing this in other cities, too. The model is to have local journalists who are who are physically present in that city. uh, But you also obviously have the support of a national outlet as needed. But you all are here to, um, you know, you don't not everything in the newsletter is something you've reported, but it, it could be your perspective on a story that is trending or. Um, but you do have original report, reporting as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. And and it is it is nice. Um, it's a two person writing team. My, my co-author is Carrie Pfeiffer, who's at the Times-Dispatch for a, a very long time.
1: So you guys we know what's draw. going on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and we also get to draw on some national resources. They have a really great graphics team, a really great data team. So it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun.
1: It's fun and it's uh, all kinds of news. It's pop culture, it's politics, it's uh, science, it's everything. So um, it's, it's a really uh, interesting read and uh, it's nice to have something that's daily that's local as well. So congratulations on that. You all launched this year and um and, and that's uh, definitely something that people can subscribe to at no charge even.
2: Yeah, it's free. And and I think the best way to find it, if you, if you do want to sign up is just Google Axios Richmond and it should pop right up. It's A-X-I-O-S. That's my, that's my hard sell.
1: Okay, good. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, so one of the things, uh, you know, you, you have covered, you you one of the things you, among many that you've focused on through the years is state politics. And you covered, you were a Capitol square reporter, I think for a while. And, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, Governor Yunkin's first year. Obviously, we have the General Assembly session that starts January 11th, but we wanted to look back on 2022. This is a good time to reflect on the year. Uh, where, where are you placing uh, Governor Yunkin and his effectiveness at working with the General Assembly and others in this, in this past year?
2: You know, um, I thought he had a pretty a pretty solid first year, and, and I, I think the context for that is that the legislative calendar makes any governor's first term a, a bit of a wash. They're walking directly into a legislative session without a lot of time to prep, and they have a budget that was written by their predecessor, which right. in this case was a Democrat. is not <laughs> going to necessarily line up with what Youngkin was hoping to do, but... He was he was fairly successful in terms of, of a few of the goals that he walked into office with. And I, I would sort of highlight in particular the four billion in tax cuts that he he got into his budget, uh, which was a bipartisan deal with Democrats in the Senate and Republicans in the House.
1: And how are um, um, how are some of those tax cuts uh, going to take effect?
2: Yeah, well, the the one I would I would highlight right now, the most timely one, is um, a, a reduction in the the grocery tax is about to go into effect January one.
1: Yeah, and that was uh, um, from what? Go ahead. Sorry.
2: No, no, I, I was going to just go on, go on, but the the grocery tax was something that Youngkin had campaigned on and, and made a. It, it was it was popular enough that that Democratic Governor Ralph Northam put it in his budget, basically for Youngkin.
1: Said here, yeah, I've heard you talk about yeah. it. Here it is. And here you go. <laughs> it's uh, we were talking about that a little bit earlier in the hour because it, it's a little bit of a it's one and a half percent grocery tax cut, but. Wasn't there something about localities? Because uh, some localities couldn't get rid of it; it's part of their budget, and they can still add on a tax.
2: Yeah, it, it, yes, it, it's part of it. The state's grocery tax funds go straight to local governments, and so it would be up to local governments to cut that portion of it. Okay. So, so that I guess was the compromise um, that, that Youngkin kind of struck.
1: Yeah. What were some of the other standout news from his first session?
2: Well, I think what he and his base got most excited about in terms of legislative victories was um, him getting to sign a bill ending mask mandates in schools. It feels like a lifetime ago that that was a major issue. Know. to me, But but um, yeah, Chad Peterson, a Democrat from northern Virginia who, you know, is uh, pretty independent minded, really hated the idea of wearing masks in schools. And he um, basically made that happen for, for the governor. He. He he didn't attend the signing ceremony. They they staged a massive, you know, Protest. signing event. They 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 had uh he had Youngkin had a table in front of the Capitol and just dozens of school kids behind him as he signed this bill. Um, but yeah, I think that was one of his bigger bigger moments in office. And then after the session, it kind of got a bit a bit quieter. Um, as as we all know, Youngkin he spent a lot of time campaigning out of state, which. Was interesting, yeah. but you know, not for, for a state legislative reporter. Not the most interesting, thing right? He could well, be he, doing.
1: yeah, he took those, he took those red vests around to everybody, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. You <laughs> get a red vest. Yeah. Um, he had to, he spread that around. Now, he his candidates didn't didn't all do so well though. The ones that he was supporting across the country
2: no he had a he had a bad record in it. and if i 'm not mistaken, I mean people have focused on trump 's endorsement record in the in the midterms I, I think youngkins was actually a little worse than trump's um it Yunkin's response to that has been like, listen, like i wasn't endorsing people I knew I was going to win. I was endorsing people who were fighting in hard races, like the one that that I won, so he's mm-hmm. he's not um she he was, he was,
1: uh, yeah, he was, play, he was rallying people to candidates that had been selected in their own primaries and, and across the, across the country. What, uh, mm-hmm. what, uh, what did, you know, you mentioned taxes and then we, we saw a lot of news, maybe after that, I'm trying to place it in time, but we saw a lot of news about the surplus and where the governor wanted some of that surplus money to go.
2: Yeah, I mean this. This might be a good point to sort of transition to what what a little bit about what's coming in the next session. Um, okay. It, Vir- Virginia just has uh, you know is apparently doing great and has surplus <laughs> had surplus yeah. revenues for every year that I can remember now. And um, so so Youngkin is is pushing to add another billion in tax cuts. The, the biggest chunk of which would would come from an eighteen percent cut to the state's corporate tax rate. Mm. Um, that would that would be shaving it from six percent to five percent, which he says would be a big help to small businesses mm-hmm. um, I think that that is going to be interesting to see how well, I guess I will be watching how Senate Democrats um, re- re- respond to that if if he can get a deal through because he's also made m- mental health funding a major issue and has a range of reforms. I think what we're going to hear from Democrats is. We should be spending this money to fix the state's mental health system in a more fulsome you know way, put, put as much money as we can. So right away.
1: The, they would argue to not cut as much in taxes.
2: Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Um, and, and then Republicans also have their own priorities. I mean, it, everything that these lawmakers want to do pretty much costs money, so um, it, it, is, it, it can be a hard sell.
1: Uh, you also mentioned one of the, th- you know, that in this session coming up, and I've heard it from several people now, that they don't expect any huge headlines because it's an election year and, pe- and it's a short session and people don't want to get in- involved in too many controversial topics. Um, but speaking of controversial but. topics, abortion is one of them.
2: Yeah, it's, I'm fascinated to see how this plays out. And um, my read on the situation is that so, so Youngkin has said he wants to pass a 15 week abortion ban. We've heard from some Republican leaders in the legislature that they think maybe a 20 week is more realistic. I think kind of the general impression um you're not going to hear any Republicans say this out loud, but nobody seems to think that anything is going to pass as long as Democrats control the Senate. Um, Joe Morrissey's status is a Democratic swing vote notwithstanding. The procedural rules just would make it very difficult for any kind of abortion legislation to make it to the floor of the Senate yeah, we while don't... Democrats are in charge.
1: Yeah, it's, but, it's uh, really tricky.
2: But what I think is going to be really interesting, and what I'll be watching is – how Republicans in the House of Delegates handle it because they are really just hanging on. They just won back their majority. That depends on a few key swing districts, and I don't get the sense that they really want to put their their vulnerable members up. You know, require them to take a, a controversial vote like this in an election year.
1: Yeah, who, who, and if uh-huh.
2: if they did, I mean, I'm not I'm not convinced that it could pass the House of Delegates um, even under republican control it's just such a narrow majority and and what i'll say is last year they had nick freitas a republican delegate had a 20 20 week about a 20 week bill Mm -hmm. and the republican leadership like they killed it themselves and they said at the time and remember nothing politically has changed that it had no chance of passing the senate so they didn't want to waste their time on it
1: i have a feeling a lot of uh we'll see a lot of Sidestepping, uh, let's move that to a study. Let's hold on to that for a while. We need to think about it and just kind of let this session slide by.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's probably a pretty a pretty good <laughs> prediction. For for what it's worth, I've reached out to the the speaker's office on this a few times, and and they they either don't want to talk about it or aren't ready to talk about it. <laughs> right, but, right.
1: Yeah. They, well, they're <laughs> right. They're they're at, they're wrapping up Christmas, and they've got to get their act together, right? So, <laughs> sure. uh, lots to cover in the coming year, and uh, I know you're you're not only in politics but everything else too, and it's a great newsletter. So. Uh, I know you're uh, also a regular on on this show, so I'm sure you'll be back talking with John about some other topics as, as we get through this new year. So, happy new year to you and your family.
2: Yeah, likewise, Jason. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks so much. Ned Oliver, reporter with Axios Richmond on News Radio WRVA.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.